0: Hello and welcome. I'm Heather. And I'm Joy. And this is not a dream.
1: This is not a dream. Hi. Hello. Hello. I don't know if you ever watched that show, but like, there was like that Hannah Montana friend. She had a friend, and every time like she left, she was like, Ciao. No? What? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, never mind. Holy shit.
1: I'm excited to be back because it's been like a month.
0: Yeah, It's it's over a month. Because we filmed. Why do I say filmed every time? Because we we're just filming. We recorded the last two episodes on the same day, so it's been probably what, yeah, a month since we filmed. Yeah,
1: do I need one of those recorded. like little like spit catching no. things? Right. no no. Cool.
0: You don't need a mic wind on. screen because windscreen. that microphone has one built into <laughs> a it. Spit catcher. Spit catcher. Wind screen. Same thing. Here we go. Yeah, so, no, you're good.
1: So, I probably don't know what, oh, do we have any reviews? Do you want I didn't to
0: check. I should, though. Never listen to this before bed, uh, says Eric West. Aww. And then he says, was listening to this before I fell asleep, and all I can think about was a skinwalker creeping around my house. <laughs> oh, my Overall, God. Overall, great show. Keep it up.
1: That sounds horrible. <laughs> I love it. This one is from... I feel like I'm like so paranoid that I'm going to ruin these um, it is Nick again um, N-I-H-C fuck never mind N-I-H-Q-C-C oh boy and it says been waiting for this love love this very much as usual the content in this one is both unique and fascinating with great detail and context love it and keep it up that was Paul Bateson um, the actor serial killer which makes me feel really good because I was a little paranoid that that one was so short oh um, no I feel good then. So thank you. I appreciate that. Um, And that is all that I have, because the other one was from the Screenwalkers. (laughs) Screenwalkers. Okay. Here we are. Ready. Here we go. Let's dive in. Okay.
0: So this story I have been thinking about doing for the last couple of turns I've had. I'm really excited. Yeah. You should be. It's pretty crazy and pretty freaky um i feel like this one struck a chord with me because i'll get i'll explain it more mm-hmm. so later but i had a situation not a situation that's the wrong way to explain it i had something happened no mm-hmm. that's not the right way to explain it either at some point in my childhood this could have happened to me really? i'll explain
1: more later yes Is that be, does that have to do with idaho no all right well there we go. <laughs> I just all have right. a really good feeling about this story. I'm excited. All right. Can I make an announcement really fast? I'm sorry, it's really important. Yes. Also, I just want to congratulate Heather and John on getting engaged. Hey. So, there Thank go. you. Can you Thank all try you. to skip over that? I just we're <laughs> <Rude>. just starting. <laughs> to, we usually talk about like stuff like that after. Okay. I'm sorry, that was just too important to leave. Thank you. Then. So there we go. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: All right. So, Harold and Iquilla Degree, so that's her name, Iquilla, last name is Degree.
1: Oh my god, I thought you meant the whole thing, Harold nope. <laughs> and Nope, I just Degree.
0: needed to specify that, Harold okay. and so then Iquilla, so Harold Degree and Iquilla Degree. Okay, thank you. Got married on Valentine's Day in 1988. A year later, they had their first child, a son they named O'Brien. Aww. A year after that, they had a little girl they named Aisha. The two raised their children in a quiet suburb in Shelby, North Carolina. And the two parents worked full time jobs, so it was common for both children to walk home and let themselves in after school, which I think was common for a lot of kids growing up in the 80s and maybe early 90s. I did that. Yeah. So, or I guess when you were a baby in like 2010.
1: <laughs> wow, I'm feeling a little tacked. <laughs> it's fine.
0: <laughs> um,. Normally, uh, the children would be doing homework or be done with it by the time the parents both returned home later in the evenings. The Degree family was close, and Harold and Iquilla made sure that their children were very sheltered from the bad influences of the outside world. Mm -hmm. That might sound kind of harsh. I think it depends on where, which, you know... Source you read from whether mm-hmm. they were like overbearingly like protective or if they were just like good parents who didn't yeah. want their kids like suffering from the like horrificness to me, of the it world. It sounds
1: like good parents.
0: So I, that's what I, that's I took it to. Um, they focused their lives around family, church, and school. Every weekend they attended church, and Asia was known to look forward to her weekly Bible study. They did not own a computer, and years later, Iquilla said in an interview with Jet Magazine, quote, every time you turned on the TV, there was some pedophile who had lured somebody's child away via the internet, unquote.
1: So what What year is this again? 2000? So I,
0: um, Iquilla and Harold had their kids in like the same year I was born, like uh-huh. 1990, and then um, 1989, so I haven't quite gotten to, like, when the situation okay. happened, but I'm just kind of leading up to it. Okay. So right now we're sitting in, like, the 90s.
1: Okay. Just explaining sure. their, their okay.
0: upbringing was in the 90s. Um, So, yeah, years later she said that about the Internet. So, I mean, the beginning of, like, Stranger Danger on the Internet was pretty much at that time. Like, in the 90s is when chat rooms were kind of gaining more traction and things like that. So you did see, like, a fear born out of that. Um, They didn't own a television. Uh, I'm sorry. They didn't own a computer. Uh They did have a television, but they limited their TV viewing, Um, especially didn't like to watch the news because Aquila would say that there was a lot of just negative and sad things in the world that she didn't want to expose Expose. them to. Yeah. So her parents did explain that Aisha was more than happy to live within the boundaries that they set for her. She was a cautious child herself. Aquila even explained how Aisha was terrified of dogs and how she was worried that she would grow up too scared of the outside world. So even though she was kind of cordoned off from it, seemed like she was fine with that. Um, So by the time the year 2000 rolled around, Aisha was coming into her own and finding out who she was. She was described as shy, happy, and athletic. She was a fourth grader at Falston Elementary and was known to be an excellent student who excelled in science and math, and she also loved to read and write. She also loved sports and was the star point guard on their uh, basketball team that year. On February 11th, 2000, all the schools were closed for a long three-day weekend. Some sources say that it was for President's Day, but if you look at the calendar, President's Day in 2000 didn't fall on that day at all, so nobody likes to check their sources, I guess. Um, I'm assuming, because it wasn't really said why that there was no school that day, but I assume it was probably like like a teacher work day kind of a thing. Uh, I don't really know. Okay. But yeah, they didn't have school that Friday, and it was a three day long weekend right before Valentine's Day. One thing I will say, <laughs> What?
1: Did you hear that door squeak?
0: Oh yeah, it's because Jinx will like lean into oh the door God. and try to open it with his fat okay. body.
1: I'm sorry, this scared the <laughs> crap out of me. I'll be honest. That
0: happens all the time.
1: I, you know I'm just really into the story, okay. Oh my
0: gosh. Okay. okay. So I do need to point out that with this story, pretty much everywhere you look for information on it, there's a lot of conflicting. Information. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's just a lot of fuzziness around the specifics. Mm-hmm. So I did my best with what I had, and I put together what I saw more often in most of them. But on certain specifics, I'll say when there was like a big discrepancy, and I'll just be like, it's one of these things. So just bear with me on that. I do think this is a really, really crazy and important story, mm-hmm. but it's hard to kind of maneuver around the shittiness of like I guess, the, not investigation, but the the way it was portrayed in the media, maybe? I don't Mm -hmm. know. Um, So, like I said, the schools were closed for the weekend, the three-day-long weekend, and Aisha spent that Friday um, at a family member's house, but she still went to a basketball practice that night as they had a game coming up the next day. Mm -hmm. On Saturday during the first game of the season, Aisha fouled out of the game and they lost. This really upset her and she was seen crying and along with the rest of her team pretending to limp around. What? Um, Aquila saw this and quickly put a stop to it knowing that she was faking it for attention and I guess kind of like a, oh, we're hurt because the other team was cheating or not being fair or something like that. Good
1: for the mom, though, to be like, dude. Her mom
0: was like, girl, stop it. So yeah, her mom was like, you fucking stop this right now. And um, she explained to her daughter that somebody had to lose the game, and it was just kind yeah. of like part of life, and Dang. it was going to be okay. And
1: look at the like small. I hope it sounds so harsh, but at the same time, like no. I think it's like
0: probably it was just really that's
1: a good life lesson. A good lesson, way to like explain it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure she said it in a normal way, not like a shut up, bitch kind of a way.
1: No, it sounds. Yeah, I think of it in a good way.
0: Yeah, seems like it. Um Uh, This upset Aisha at first, but her parents later explained that she seemed to get over it pretty fast. And then she even sat and enjoyed watching her brother's basketball game right after hers ended. So it was like a typical kid who's upset and then just like gets over it. Um, The children went to bed early on Sunday night. So fast forwarding another day. I guess Mm -hmm. they spent that Sunday with their just at church and with their family. So it was a very normal Sunday. The parents said that she didn't seem off or anything. They said that she did keep bringing up the basketball game, but just kind of on, like, kind of off off the cuff. I don't know how to explain that.
1: No, I get you. Just, like, randomly? Like, yeah, it
0: hard. wasn't like she was honing in on it, but she would just kind of, like, randomly mention, like, oh, I'm really bummed about this, but,
1: yeah.
0: you know, I would. Exp- that seems pretty normal to me. So they went to bed early Sunday night to prepare for waking up early for school the next morning. It had been a normal day, like I said, with church, family activities. And later that night, Aquila does remember hearing a terrible storm raging outside. And due to this, a car actually had gotten in an accident near their home, knocking out their power. So- I don't like that. <laughs> who does? Actually, I kind of do. I like when there's no power. There's two different accounts in this part of what Harold did that night. So I'm gonna kind of explain each one by itself. So one states that he got home from work around 12.30 a.m. and the power had been restored by that point. He peeked his head in to check on the children and found them both fast asleep in their beds. He relaxed for a few hours watching TV in the living room and then checked on the kids once more before heading to bed around 2.30 a.m. The other stated that he left home around 11.30 p.m. to go get Valentine's candy. There's actually a third one that says that he got Valentine's candy on his way home from work Mm -hmm. at that time. So either he was home, he left to get it and came back, or he got Valentine's candy on his way home from work because he worked second shift. So he Mm -hmm. worked really late nights. Um, So, yeah, he got the Valentine's candy at 1130, returned home, and then he fell asleep on the couch. Iquilla then woke him up at 1230 a.m. and asked him to move the kerosene lamps before she went back to bed. Harold moved the lamps and then sat and watched TV for the next couple hours. And then at 2.30, he decided to go to bed, stop by the kids' room, check on them. They were both there. Either way, at 2.30, he checks on the kids, and they're both there. So I don't think that part's too important, but you never know. So O'Brien and Aisha shared a room. And O'Brien later said that he heard Aisha getting out of bed to use the bathroom at some point in the middle of the night he but this was after obviously 2:30 a.m. when the dad had gone to bed. He heard her bed squeak not soon after so he just assumed that she had come back from the bathroom and was getting back into bed and settling in and kind of turning around. So he was like, "Eh, whatever." And then he went goes to sleep. Like, why would you pay close attention to yeah, that? I'm sure that happens all the time. Yeah. So, sometime in the very early morning hours of February 14th, 2000, that morning, Aisha Degree packed her backpack and walked out of her home into the night. It was raining hard, and the combined wind made it even harder to imagine why a little girl would venture out into it, let alone in the middle of the night by herself.
1: Hmm.
0: So later, two different motorists would come forward who had reportedly seen Aisha walking along the road that night. They both explained that they saw her walking down the side of Highway eighteen between three forty five and four fifteen AM. They explained that she was wearing a white t shirt and white pants. Some sources say that she was wearing like a white long sleeve shirt, so I'm not sure if it was a t shirt or long sleeve, but
1: And white pants. White so shirt, white pants. PJs, maybe?
0: She was sighted just north of the junction of Highway eighteen and Highway one eighty. So uh, somebody who lives near there explained that this highway isn't like your typical highway. It's a very, very rural highway. There's not a whole lot of lights, and it's a two-lane highway. So it's not like the ones we have here. With mm-hmm. guess what you're saying, like the interstates where it's like a bunch of lanes going one. It's it's like a rural two-lane in the middle of nowhere kind of place. So
1: how old is she again? Nine. Okay.
0: So, one of the drivers says that he thought it was weird when he saw her, so he turned his car around. Um, he quote, said, quote, thought it was strange that such a small child would be out here by herself at this hour. Um, he explained that he had to circle around three times because it was raining so hard, he had a hard time finding her. And then when he finally did, he rolled down his window to ask her if she was okay, but she ran into the woods up on the roadside when he rolled down his window.
1: So and she disappeared. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like that would be so terrifying.
0: As the girl, or as the motorist?
1: As the motorist. <laughs> it's terrifying like, as bold I'm not both. to be mean. No, like, no, no. It is. It's like, it's, let's say 4 a.m. Yeah, you just you know, just driving wherever mm-hmm. you're going. I don't know. And it's raining. It's dark, and you mm-hmm. see this girl dressed all in white, who's like nine, on a deserted like rural road, mm-hmm. and then. You, like, stop, and she just runs into the forest. Yep.
0: I mean, part of me is, like, I understand her running into the forest, like, a strange car is pulling up next to you, but also, like, why are you out there? And I'll I'll get into that in a minute, but it's very strange. This
1: whole whole thing's really strange.
0: It's very strange. So I guess I'll I'll just explain it right now, because I feel like I have to. So I am so creeped out by the thought of just going out into a storm in february in the middle of the night by yourself so in the cold dark
1: in north carolina north
0: carolina in february while it's raining i feel like you would just die of hypothermia that would be yeah. so fucking cold uh, ooh and she's not wearing a coat she's just wearing a shirt and pants
1: so weird
0: so it, yeah it's it's odd it's odd beyond what i can even comprehend it's so creepy but we'll we'll get into it a little bit more but i just sometimes i just have to like take a moment and be like what the fuck this is so bizarre
1: yeah.
0: um, later that morning at 5:45 a.m. Aquila went into the kids' bedrooms to wake them up for school she had drawn a bath for them as well as the car accident the night before had knocked out their power and they couldn't wash up so she was like i'll just do it in the morning um, so she did get up a little bit earlier than normal i guess they normally got up at 6:30 she opened the door to the kids' bedroom, and she found O'Brien asleep in his bed, but Aisha was gone. She searched the house, calling her name, but was unable to find her. Harold and Iquilla called her mother, who lived right across the street, to see if for some reason, Aisha had gone over there, but she hadn't.
1: This, like, breaks my heart. Like, I know. You can't imagine waking up and your kid's gone. You're, like, know. looking all around, like...
0: At this point, Iquilla went into panic mode. The police were immediately called and alerted to Aisha's disappearance. The first officers arrived to the degree house at 6.40 a.m. They checked the doors and windows and found them all locked from the inside. They were unable to determine if Aisha had left through the front or the back door. They brought with them sniffer dogs who could not locate Aisha's scent, Good most likely storm. due to the storm the night before. However, not because like the water washed it away or anything, because actually if it rains... Sniffer dogs can get the scent even better because, like, the moisture in the air causes the scent to kind of mul- not multiply, but like get stronger. Mm-hmm. But they think that what happened is because it was so windy that the wind just kind of blew the scent all around and it made it hard for them to mm-hmm. follow. So, Aisha <clears throat> was expected to be wearing a white t shirt, white jeans, and white Nike shoes uh, when she left the house. So she wasn't wearing pajamas, it was just...
1: That's such an interesting outfit to wear, because it it's going to make you stand out.
0: Maybe she wasn't thinking that, though. Maybe she was just like, I like wearing white, like, I like this outfit. Who knows? I don't know.
1: I just don't understand why you would even leave.
0: Yeah, I... Yeah, you'll see. Okay.
1: Okay. Whoa.
0: So she hadn't brought a hat or a coat with her, Aquila um ended up walking around the neighborhood calling Aisha's name. This alerted people in the neighborhood and many joined in on the search to help find her. Aww. Even the pastor of their church went and showed up to comfort the family and help the search. And just to make matters even worse, remember that this was Harold and Aquila's wedding anniversary. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, isn't this one it's they got sad. Yeah. But it makes me wonder if maybe there's like a meaning behind that, too.
0: Um, I did kind of get to that. There's there's a lot of theories um, at the end that we'll get into. Um, but that that's, that's in there somewhere.
1: Because they found her, and she just couldn't talk anymore to tell us what happened. But she was alive, so it's fine. What? <laughs> I'm You'll trying see. to make it happy right. in my head right now, because I'm so sad. I
0: know. I know. This is kind of a weird, <sighs> tough one. No, it's good. At the end of the day, all that anyone had been able to find was a mitten, which Aquila said did not belong to Asia because no winter clothing was missing from the home. Inve- investigators knew that Aisha had left on her own accord because, like I said, all the doors and windows had been locked from the inside that night, and um, they assumed that she had her house key with her because they couldn't find that, and so they just assumed that she had left and locked up behind her. Maybe. Hmm.
1: The only thing I could think of is if she had, like, a plan with a classmate. Because she doesn't have a computer, so it's not like she's talking to really anybody online. So you're thinking the way I was thinking. Okay. I
0: because who else would she be? Definitely. And I st- even after looking at everything and this in- in reading and researching, I still think that that's what it is. But I think there's probably a little bit more to it, but we'll uh-huh. get there. But, yeah, that's exactly what I thought, too. Um
1: minds think
0: a lot. Yeah, they do. This, uh, okay, so yeah, they're, th- they're thinking because of what Bryant had heard the night before with, like, the wrestling and stuff, they assumed that the squeaking and everything that they heard the night before wasn't her getting back into bed, but was her packing up her backpack and preparing to leave. Mm. Because the mom got up at 545, the dad went to bed at 230, so it's somewhere in there, you know? Um, during the news coverage that day, one of the aforementioned motorists saw Aisha's face on the news and called the police. His name was Jeff R. and he stated, quote, I seen a little girl walking down the road with her book bag. She had on a little dress and white tennis shoes. I mean, dress, she wasn't wearing a dress, but, you know, at that rain and everything. Who knows what he yeah, thought he it's saw. Yeah, really hard to see. Um, but yeah, a little dress, white tennis shoes, and her hair was in pigtails. I went back, but she never did look up at me. She looked like she knew where she was going. She was walking at a pretty good pace, Unquote. The second motorist also called in that day and explained that he saw her around 4.15 a.m. His name was Roy B., and he stated, quote, It was a small figure wearing light-colored clothing. I thought it was a woman. I couldn't tell it was a child. I thought that maybe it was a domestic violence thing where a woman left the house and was out walking, Unquote. The FBI have always believed that these sightings were legitimate. And they yeah, still did believe that. Yeah, I
1: don't see that. why yeah. they wouldn't be.
0: So the next day, on February 15th, candy wrappers were found in a shed owned by Raleigh and Debbie Turner, who owned a furniture business near Asia was seen running into the woods. So Raleigh and Debbie, they found a couple of things in that shed the next day before they knew that Aisha was missing. So I thought it was interesting because... They went into this shed, which I guess they, they kept a bunch of upholstery and stuff for their business. And they, I'm going to name the things they found in a second, but they put them aside. So they, they thought it was out of the ordinary enough to keep them to the side, but not enough to like bring them to the police mm. or anything, I guess. They just, they were like, this is weird, but they didn't know about Asia at that point. And then when they did find out about her the next day, they were like, um, you guys might want to come look at the stuff that I found, because it might have something to do with something. So that's when they were heading over there. Yeah. Um, she did, They didn't live that far away from where Asha went missing, either. So it's not that much of a stretch, even. Um, so it was the same candy, the wrappers that they found, was that Aisha had been given a few days earlier at her basketball game. There was also a green marker, a 1996 Atlanta Olympics pencil, and a yellow Mickey Mouse hair bow that Aquila identified as Asia's. There was also, this, this part's one of the weirdest parts to me. There was also a wallet sized photo of a little girl found, and it is unknown if investigators have ever been able to identify who the girl in the photo is, but it appears to be a black girl around Asia's age. So it's like, a, I'll show you a picture of it. It's like a school portrait kind of a picture, but it's not Asia. But it's a girl that kind of looks like Aisha, and it's, like, around her age. So that, to me, I think kind of strengthens the whole, like, she was meant to be meeting a friend. But I'm not 100% sure. Um, let me pull this up so you can see it.
1: So I can kind of see where they were, like, not going to call the police right away, because it's just kind of, like...
0: Yeah, they were, like, oh, shed. this is... You're, like,
1: this is kind of weird.
0: Yeah, but they, like, put it, they put it aside, so I'm glad they did that, but... So like it's not suspicious or anything. It's just kind of like they, this was stuff was found on their property. They just happened to to put it aside and let me find this picture. Here we go. Huh?
1: Yeah.
0: So it's just like a school portrait of like a girl around her age. Hmm.
1: So I've seen that picture before.
0: You have? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't think I have. So um, because of the identification of, like, the candy wrapper and the hair bow being hers and everything, they just they came to the conclusion that all of this stuff was hers, which makes sense. It was all found in the same place. But I find it very weird that investigators haven't made much sense of the picture. I'm like, I feel like that's very important, but it, they don't really say much about it. And a lot of people online are kind of confused by that too, but it is what it is. Um, on February 16th, Aquila noticed Aisha's favorite clothing was missing from her room, including a pair of blue jeans with a red stripe, a vest with black trim, a white nylon long sleeve shirt, a black and white long sleeve shirt, and black overalls with Tweety Bird on it. She was also missing a Tweety Bird purse, her backpack, and her house key, which she kept in her backpack. It's not known for sure, but she was also possibly missing her basketball uniform and the white nightgown she had worn to bed that night. Um, I say possibly because a lot of different sources say different things.
1: So weird. So this was afterwards, like, it was went missing after she had been missing? No.
0: So it she just happened to notice that these things were missing. Like, she did an inventory of what was missing and was like, okay, this is what she's missing. This is what we're looking for kind of thing. Like, this is what she had taken with her. A week later, after 9,000 man hours had been invested into Aisha's search of the two to three mile radius of her home... Flyers posted in the area and 300 leads of possible sightings and tips. The search was called off. However, the media was urged to keep the story alive. Aisha's friends were interviewed by investigators, but it didn't bring up much information other than the fact that Aisha was showing her friends a few dollars that she had in her wallet on the 10th. Um, It's unknown where she got this money or if she still had it when she disappeared. It's a few dollars. I don't know. Yeah. Um, on February 22nd, officers stated they were going, quote, long range with the shirt for Asia. The FBI and North Carolina's State Bureau of Investigations uh, had her on their missing children's databases, and they explained they were following everything that they could. Based on what ICOLA said Aisha had taken with her, investigators believe she had planned and prepared for her departure several days before leaving her home. While investigators admit there was a definite lack of reason behind her running away, such as a problem at home, they had said that they were sure there was an explanation for her leaving, but that after doing so, she might have gotten off track or been abducted. Aisha's family went through polygraph testing, as was normal for missing children's cases, and they all passed. So I think that's what happened. I think she left for one reason and then got abducted when she left, but I I'm, I'm haven't even, I'm just like laying down the facts right now. I haven't even gone into, you think it's weird? I have, it's very weird that she left, but we'll get into it. Oh, it's very weird. Um, media attention on Aisha's disappearance went national and her parents went on the Montel Williams show to bring attention to it. The Oprah Winfrey Show and America's Most Wanted also did segments on the case. So, fast forward all the way to August 3rd of 2001. So, this is like oh, over a year, okay. you know. Aisha's backpack and other items were found during a construction project off Highway 18, about 26 miles north of Shelby, near a town called Morganton. So, this guy was doing kind of excavating on his property for a construction project, and he... Unearthed, like it was buried on his property, this black bag. And he opened that bag. There was another black bag. So it was double bagged. And then he pulled out her backpack, which had her name and her phone number right on it. So he's like, huh, this is weird. But he didn't know about the Asia. Degree, which I think is really weird. I think they must have done not a great job of Mm-mm. this, like news, because I'm like these people are saying that they don't know what's happening.
1: But to be honest, like I wouldn't know about all these. Like you just see amber alerts, but you'd never actually hear what they are.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm too used to like having the the news at like my fingertips. Maybe like, it, it probably wasn't like the that. The only
1: reason I ever know that there's like was somebody missing. Like there's somebody you went missing like on like Halloween, and I only mm-hmm. knew from a Facebook post. Like yeah, probably, you're
0: probably right.
1: I really know yeah,
0: no, guys. no, you're right, you're right. So, yeah, he finds this bag. He doesn't know about Asia, so he's just like, that's weird. But he holds on to it, but he doesn't do anything with it. And he thinks it's weird enough to tell his wife the next morning. And she knows about Asia, So she's like, we need to take this to the police. So they do. And I thought it was kind of, not interesting, but... I guess interesting is the best word I can come up with. Investigators don't make public what was found in that bag. But a couple of sources do list what's in the bag. But it's not, like, verified, I guess. Which I'm, like, hesitant to even say what was in the source. Because I'm like, if it's not verified, what does this fucking mean? But I'm still going to list it. The thing is... The that the investigators did say about the bag is that they said ninety nine percent of the items inside were Aisha's, which leads me to believe that there's at least one thing in it that wasn't hers. Yeah. Which I'm very curious about. Um, but I think I know what it might be. We'll get into it. Okay. Um but when it comes to the other sources that aren't verified, the Charlotte Observer reported that it included a pencil case, a sheet of paper, and some unspecified clothing. Maybe. Um, the FBI took the bag in for analysis, but results from that haven't made pub- been made public either. So no DNA or anything on it that we know of yet. I mean, who knows?
1: Maybe they're still kind of working on it.
0: Yeah. Um, they're, I think they're probably pretty smart, not making a lot public um, and just making things public that they feel like will help locate her, but they need to keep certain things not so that they can catch who did this. Mm-hmm. Um So, sadly, that bag, to date, is the last piece of physical evidence found in this case. Um, But a lot of stuff does happen since then. It's just that nothing else is found, Mm -hmm. which is sad. Um, Throughout the following years, leads have led to many dead ends. In 2004, after receiving a tip from an inmate in the county jail, investigators began digging at an intersection in Lawndale, but the bones that they found there ended up being animal bones. Uh, the Degree family have taken steps to keep Asia's memory and story alive. In 2008, they established a scholarship in her name for a local student. They host an annual walk to raise awareness and money to fund her search. And photos of Asia as she was in 2000 and then also age-progressed photos created by investigators are hung up in the Degree home today. Aquila explained in a 2013 Jet Magazine interview that Aisha's case didn't get as much coverage as other missing children at the time, and she suspected this was because Aisha was black. Missing white children get more attention, she said. I don't understand why. I know if you ask them, they will say it's not racial. Oh, really? I'm not going to argue because I have common sense. That's what she said. I think she's probably right, honestly. I think that there, when you think about, I—I I mean, there's a lot of missing children.
1: I feel like there's you want to say like that it's not right, and then you think about it, and you don't—you can't even think about missing like African American children.
0: Yeah, you I can't
1: mean, think stories, and you know they're there.
0: I know there's like the, the fucking what is it. <sighs> I already forgot. Like, th- this is this is how bad it is. I already forgot what I was thinking of. But, like, everybody knows JonBenet Ramsey because yeah. she's, like, this adorable little white girl and she died. But, like, if JonBenet Ramsey had gone missing in this way, it would be huge. It would be just as huge because she's an adorable little pageant girl. Um, but, yeah, I do think that's sad. Um, so, FBI investigators began looking into a suspect by the name of Donald Ferguson, he was a 57 year old who had been who had raped and murdered a 7 year old girl named Shalonda Poole in 1990 so he was arrested for this in 2013 after his dna was linked to it which means that in 2000 he was free and he happened to be living just 40 miles away from where Aisha went missing so I I guess it could be kind of a stretch, but they did look into him, but as of today, they haven't been able to find a link between them, so I don't think that there is.
1: Weird, weird theory. What? What if he found her in the shed and had a picture of a girl and was like, hey... Um, my daughter and I can totally, like, help you if you need. Here's a picture of her. Like, I just I've not these. thought about that. And then that's why there is a picture of that girl there.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, not saying it, like, has to be this guy or anything, but, like, anybody yeah. doing that with that picture. I'd never thought about that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah.
1: Because then, like, that makes you feel, like...
0: But why would he have just that's dropped that. it there? I guess what he just grabs
1: her or something. Maybe like she was like looking at it and she's like okay, and like they leave like some of her stuff and maybe she forgets the picture there while yeah, he's going with them to go meet the girl or whatever.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm just trying to. No,
0: no, you're away. you're. That's a really good idea. <laughs> um, Beautiful. well, I'm sorry. There we go. <laughs> We're gonna jump very far. Okay. Ahead. Okay. Leap. So now we're in the year of 2015. Okay. February of 2015, the FBI announced that they were reexamining the case and reinterviewing witnesses. They also announced a reward of up to $25,000 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible for Aisha's disappearance. A community group also offered an additional $20,000.
1: The only thing I don't love about this is hmm. I don't feel like it's always the best to re-interview people 14 years later.
0: I don't. I mean, I don't either, but I think... Because
1: I feel like your memory gets kind of skewed or, like... It does. But I do think different. it's
0: important. I think it's important to do... For it to be reopened. Yeah. I I, I think there's downsides and upsides. Yeah. Um, and in this case, it did... There was an upside.
1: Oh, yay. Okay, good. So... <laughs>
0: Uh, 15 months later in May of 2016, investigators explained that their reinvestigation had turned up a new lead. They said that Aisha may have been seen getting into a dark green early 1970s Lincoln Continental Mark IV, or possibly a Ford Thunderbird from the same era, along Route 18 near where she was last seen. It was described as having rust around the wheels. So, Okay. I do think it's weird that nobody came forward with this when it happened, but I don't know how it came up. I can't really say that it's not credible because it didn't come out earlier, but they clearly thought it was credible enough to say to the public, like, hey, I need you guys to be looking at this now because we think that this is what happened to her. They're not just taking some random person's word for it and being like, yeah, I guess we can ask people that. They clearly think that there's a pretty credible reason to be looking for that Here's vehicle. Here's
1: is maybe, like, the news just didn't spread to that person, or that was somebody just driving through, right. and then they heard about it later, and then, like, maybe some, they knew somebody, and they're like, oh, wait, I saw something at that time.
0: Could be. I mean, it's been a long time. Like you said, what, was it 15 years? So who knows how that came up. But it did, and now people are supposed to be looking for this new thing. So, since September of 2017, investigators have conducted approximately 300 interviews regarding Aisha's case. October of 2018 now, the Cleveland County Sheriff's Office, the detectives appealed for information from the public about two items of interest in the case. So, this, I think, is just continuing on their reinvestigation. They got the lead about the car. And now I think the most interesting thing that they got is this this appeal for information from these people. So they're like, we need the public to come forward if they have information on these two things. And the two things that they say are a book, a children's book, McGilligot's Pool, Dr. Seuss book, Mm -hmm. which was borrowed from the Falston Middle School Library in early 2000. And a New Kids on the Block concert T-shirt. They did not explain why these two things were so important. They just said the items and said, if you have information on these, come to us. I think that's really interesting that they were just like, hmm. there are two items that you're like, what the fuck? What does that have to do? How? What? But it clearly is very important to the case. And I'm like, I'm like really interested to know how that falls into the case. I but if
1: maybe they like found a connection with the schoolmate who had those. It
0: has to be something. Something. So I think.
1: Or maybe she borrowed that Dr. Seuss book and took it with her. I
0: think one or maybe both of those items were found in her backpack that they found. And they didn't belong to her. And they need someone to come forward and like identify it or something. I think because they didn't explain what was in the backpack. I do think that. One of those items was in the backpack or maybe both. That's what I assume. But that's just what I think.
1: Or maybe it's like if somebody still has one of those things, they know that it's gone. And so it's like, look for this.
0: I don't know. Um, so, yeah, it's the like investigator did explain when they asked the public for this. They did explain that these items were critical to solving the case. <laughs> Um no other information regarding the status of the case has been made available. Um, so at this point, we can only hope that investigators are continuing on with their
1: I'm sure investigation that was, like, and movies, that they're yeah. getting
0: closer and closer to solving it. But here we go. We're going to talk about how weird this fucking is now. Mm-hmm. OK, so those are all the facts. Now we can just get
1: into fucking it. into it. theories.
0: All right. Several experts have weighed in on the uniqueness of Aisha's disappearance. She is not a typical runaway. Children under 13 only make up about 18% of runaway cases in 1999. But the majority of these ended up returning back home fairly quickly. It is very unusual for someone of Aisha's age to remain unfound and hidden. Her home life seemed to be comfortable and loving. Her parents were together and loved each other. She got along with her brother and parents and friends. She did well in school and didn't seem to have any major issues in any area of life. She had no sign of any kind of abuse. Um, It was known for Aisha to become withdrawn and take frequent naps when she became sad, but her parents explained that she didn't seem this way leading up to her disappearance, despite even losing her basketball game a couple nights prior. She seemingly cheered up later that night and was fine ever since. Her parents also explained how confused they were to Aisha allegedly leaving on her own when she was afraid of storms, and she was, quote, deathly afraid of dogs. So some accounts state that she had to walk by homes with dogs in the yards on her walk to the highway, but that's, again, not for certain. But um, dogs
1: are probably inside if there's a storm.
0: You'd think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was also stated that the shed where the candy wrappers were found was located next door to a neighbor who owned several beagles who were known to bark at pretty much anything that made noise, but that they hadn't made any noise that night. Again, it could be the storm. Not sure.
1: Or maybe the beagles were inside.
0: Maybe, yeah. Because there was a storm. Maybe. So there are a few theories as to why Aisha would leave on her own. One is that she was catfished by an adult predator posing as the little girl in the photo found with the rest of Asia's things in the shed
1: Where I don't did she get the photo I don't
0: think that's very likely I because they didn't have a computer It's not like she was talking on the internet you with people can't
1: print out a picture like that I
0: don't know I don't I mean I don't think but who knows um, another theory is that she was lured away from home by a trusted adult that she knew under the pretense of making her parents a Valentine's Day gift or and or an anniversary gift. Um, however, her father said that Aisha didn't seem to care about Valentine's Day at all and that her class wasn't even exchanging cards or anything that year. She didn't seem excited about the holiday, so he highly doubted that. Um, another theory is that Aisha was influenced by the book, the Whipping Boy, which she had read in class the week before she disappeared. The book is about a young boy whose purpose in life is to take punishment or whippings for a young prince. was a horrible story. I, I read that too, and I was like, what the fuck?
1: Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: what the fuck? Um, oh. So the two hatch a plan to run away together in the middle of the night. They go on an adventure, escaping bandits and meeting new people before returning back to their kingdom unharmed so okay
1: that okay i see where that was
0: yeah i mean yeah i'm like i feel like that's out of the ones that they've listed so far is more probable than the catfishing like if
1: somebody asked me to be a pirate after i saw fucking parts of the character oh yeah nine years old oh oh, yeah yeah, i would there you go i would go with i yeah (laughs) so i can see that like your imagination you get excited about eventually
0: right exactly exactly um, it's also been said that she might have left due to her being upset about the basketball game. Uh, but I already kind of explained it that her parents didn't think she was that upset, although, you know, you never know. But from how they knew their daughter and how she acted when she was upset, they really just did not think that was it. So here's what I think. And this is where I'm going to explain what I said in the beginning when I said I this could have happened to me. Mm-hmm. When I was 11,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I lived in Flagstaff, um, where there was kind of woods all around. What the fuck did you just say? You
1: said, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: Carry on. So we were kind of in the woods, not like the woods, but like more than where we are now. Uh Um, And I loved to explore. When I was, oh my God, oh my God. Me and my friend Miley were obsessed with just like, running around outside and like going into the forest that's all we did and we had crazy imaginations we would we would like pretend that we saw things and be like oh my gosh did you see that that unicorn over there like we straight up did that stuff I know it's very nerdy I
1: had something very similar to that so yeah (laughs) okay
0: so when I was 11 Miley and I we were talking one day and we were like tonight we should sneak out and meet up and we should go find I forgot what we were gonna look for some mythical dog, I think, black shuck or or something creepy, something fucking creepy and weird. And we were reading about it in a ghost book, and we were like, we should meet up in the middle of the night. Dear God. We lived like, Why um around like around the corner from each other in like the neighborhood. So it wasn't that long of a walk. Like during the day, we'd walk to each other's houses all the time. So we were like, yeah, let's do it. So I remember that night, I packed a bag. I put snacks, I put my rollerblades next to my backpack. Hell yes, rollerblades. This was like 2001. So um, that's why, again, it was like 2000, 2001. It was so similar. But I packed a bag and I was planning on meeting my friend in the middle of the night, like after my parents went to sleep, after it was completely dark outside in like the half forest. And I chickened out at the last second. And I just neither of us did, ended up doing it. We both chickened out because I was like, "I've never left the house in the middle of the night before." I'm kind of scared. But it made me realize when I listened to this story, I was like, "Because I almost did that, I hundred percent could see somebody doing that, like a, a young girl going, like planning to meet up with like a friend or something." Hundred percent could see that being the case. But I do still find it really weird that she would go through with it when it's storming like that. I that is something that I I can't quite wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. So, I think that maybe she did plan on meeting up with somebody because she packed her bag the night before. I don't think she was planning on running away from home. I think she was planning on meeting up with somebody. And I think she might have gotten scared when she saw that car pull up to her, so she ran into the woods. Found shelter at that shed, and then somebody found her. Found her, and she met with foul play at that point. I think that's what happened, but I don't know who she was meeting. I don't know who the girl is in that picture, and I don't know I'd why she be went be out in the middle. Too scared of... to
1: say something to like she's supposed to meet me. What? I feel like if like the classmate would probably be too scared oh. to say something too. Yeah, who
0: knows if it was a, a classmate or like just? I mean, I had to. If she was meeting somebody her age, then. I just, it's so weird that the investigators haven't been like, yeah, the girl in the picture is blank. Like, who the fuck is the girl in the picture? Nobody has said. And it's weird said. that it would
1: be, a like, a wallet-sized picture. You can't just print that out, like, Yeah. you know? like.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It's very weird. But there's a lot of loose ends that I can't quite tie together. But the general idea of her meeting somebody and then meeting with foul play, I think, is the most likely scenario. I just have a lot of questions, you know? Uh-huh. But... Yeah, so that's that's where I'm at now. Do you have any other ideas?
1: What if maybe Here's my idea. Here's mm-hmm. my just brainstorming trying to think of something. What if maybe there was a person mm-hmm. who she was supposed to meet and that person maybe saw her go into the shed? Okay bear with me with this, saw her go into the shed because they were, like, meeting somewhere nearby there or saw where she was and maybe somebody lured her out and that's the person who saw the car and that's why they didn't say anything at first.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying.
1: Or they saw, like, the shirt or they saw, like, something that would have been, like, connected to that. Hmm. But they were too scared to say something at first but then years later they finally said something.
0: Yeah, maybe. Just an idea. I just realized there was another theory that somebody threw around, I think Mm -hmm. it was on Reddit, which I think can definitely be possible. Um, And it kind of fits in with my idea of her meeting somebody. So people were like, what if somebody that she was close to, an adult, um, either at church or at school or a family member, was grooming her and being weird and creepy and was like, hey... I want you to meet me for something. Again, it could be like what I said. They, Let's make a present for your parents or mm-hmm. something. And they tried to make it sound like exciting, like come see me in the middle of the night kind of thing. I still think it's a stretch. But the idea of an adult grooming her is something that somebody threw around. And I, I think that there's possibility and that maybe it should be looked at. Mm-hmm. Um, just like her... Her social circle of especially if they were like
1: really religious, and it could have been somebody at right. the church. Like, it you could don't have been. Really Questioned that. We like, don't
0: know. So I remember,
1: like growing up, and I would go to church. My parents always like, well, you can always trust this person. I'd be like, I don't really know them. Right, oh, they're at our church. It's fine. Like, yeah,
0: how easy would it have been if somebody that didn't have good intentions, to and that was close to her, talk her into meeting them, and they just, who knows, you know? Yeah. So. It's crazy, right? It fre- it always freaks me out because I'm like, just the fact that I di- almost did that when I was little. I was like, what the fuck?
1: I was just like, you're a lot cooler than me. When I was nine, I was like, I, yeah, yeah. no, it's probably me. <laughs> I was like, I'm running away, and I probably packed something stupid and like start walking that street. And I'm like, hopefully they come for me. <laughs> it's so mad, I'm making a point. And then I was like, run away. And then my mom's like, get back in the house. You're stupid. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's probably not exactly what happened, but I was very upset. So all yeah. I remember is running away. But I was just walking.
0: I just can you imagine <laughs> at nine years old walking down the highway in the dark? How scared you would be in a forest, especially with Aisha, who was known to be very scared.
1: The poor girl.
0: I I don't know. There had to have been a really good. There purpose. had to have been right. Like there, what would have made her leave the house in the middle of a storm to walk down a dark highway? I feel like nothing would have gotten me out of bed to do that at that age. Nothing. I can't, I can't think of anything. If somebody promised me they'd buy me a horse, which I didn't want anything else more in the world when I was that age than to own, a, own my own horse, they're like, hey, meet me somewhere. I will buy you a horse. I wouldn't do it. I just Even if I fully believed them, I wouldn't do it. Nothing would. I would be so fucking scared. I'd be so it's scared. weird.
1: I'd be like, meet me at my house. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dang. So yeah, that's the story. That was a so, doozy. I would love to have that case solved. I really want. I to I solved. just I, I have, just have to, to, to know what me. happened to her.
1: Maybe maybe it'll be like one of those things where there's like that girl who like lived in someone's like doghouse or something for like 20 years and Bitch. they found her. That's on
0: my list of things to cover on here.
1: That poor girl oh my gosh but like there are stories where people find I know. them years later and right
0: where like they you're out. like oh wow we thought you were dead but it's been like 26 that's years and it, here you are
1: that's why when you first started, I was like and she just couldn't talk and tell yeah. her story but she's fine they found her
0: no they haven't found any trace of her she just disappeared so obviously someone took her it's not like she ran away and successfully stayed hidden no no something happened to her nine something happened to her and it had to it, it couldn't have been an accident it had to have been somebody did something to her
1: and that there was no argument or anything
0: it's weird so I, it just, it's just freaking weird so yeah what have you been up to this week
1: so I get my dogs on Tuesday awesome four days I'm ready. There's part of me that's slightly very anxious because I'm like, am I not going to be a good dog mom? And I know it's going to be a lot of fucking work, as you know. It's a lot of work, and it's stressful. Let me say right now, I I
0: feel bad every single day because I feel like I'm not doing enough. I do. And then I feel really bad because I'm like, I want to give Coco back because she is so much fucking work. I feel terrible all the time. It's terrible.
1: (laughs) It's so much. It It is. so much. Like, Oh, man. But I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be harder but still better having two at once because it's going to suck doing two at once. But, like, hopefully they'll kind of learn from each other and they always have each other for company. Yeah, I agree. And I just know I'm getting myself into a doozy. But it will be good and it'll be worth it because Mm -hmm. my heart aches too much not having a dog. Yeah, I I know.
0: Yeah, you'll love them. It will be hard, but, you know.
1: I know I say it's gonna be a pushover, but um. <laughs> That's what John is like I now. I say it's gonna be horrible, but I love him. Uh, besides that, life's been pretty good. Good. Work sucked for the last like couple months, but I. Couple made months? Peace. Oh yeah, it's good now. I made peace with some people who are crazy. That's good. But then there's one person who's just crazy, but whatever. There's <laughs> only so much you can do. Um and I'm trying to think what else. We saw Midsummer since last time you were. Oh my god, we did! So
0: good, (sighs) guys. Can we take a minute to talk about Midsummer? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I'm so obsessed. If you have not seen Midsummer and you are listening to this podcast, go watch Midsummer right. Now. We're
1: not even sponsored. We just no. like it.
0: No. I am absolutely obsessed with that movie. It is so fucked up I and so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it is so good.
1: It's so good. I really liked it. I still think, personally for me, Hereditary was scarier. But mm-hmm. this one was very disturbing and I like how dark it was. Yes. I love the dark. Um Hereditary
0: was definitely more... Of the horror genre. Midsummer was more of like the disturbing drama kind of. I loved
1: Midsummer though. It was definitely a good thriller. But just keep in mind, like those, that director makes like some slow burners, but they're really good. Like it just.
0: Yeah, Midsummer was like two and a half hours. I fucking loved every second of it, but I I guess like if you're used to fast paced stuff, it's not. It's just like that gut wrenching, disturbing feeling,
1: which is my favorite. I love it, and I love um, also just like a random movie that's not by the director, but I really love, I do really love the remake of Suspiria that we watched.
0: Really? I The more I think about it, the more I didn't like the remake.
1: I didn't see the first one. That's
0: probably why.
1: So I really want to see the first one. Yeah, but the like, first I one's I loved great. how messed up it was.
0: yeah Yeah, I think you'd really like the original I
1: really I've always wanted to watch the original so let's watch the original after we watch Black Coats Daughter tonight
0: we're watching the Black Coats Daughter bitch I'm so excited Joy hasn't seen it yet
1: (laughs) um and then but yeah Midsummer's really good um Isaiah absolutely hated it (laughs) Literally we get home and we go to a pool party and all he does is complain about the movie and tell everybody not to watch it. <laughs> and then we get home from the pool party and he goes, Just so you know, you're never allowed to see any movies from that director, get him not giving him any more of our money. You cannot buy Midsummer, you can't buy any of his movies. Or her. He's like, I don't even care. Or her. <laughs> he doesn't even know. He's so mad.
0: Yeah, Isaiah was upset oh, because man. we go into this. Oh, well, he came with us to watch Hereditary which was by Ari Aster the same director yeah. and he walked out of Hereditary being like what the fuck did I just watch because the ending has a bunch of naked people that's all I'm going to say. Naked old naked old people and then we go into Midsummer and he's like there better not be any naked old people in this and spoiler alert there's some naked old people in Midsummer so he's like pissed we all look at him
1: for like 10 minutes we all looked over at him in the theater and he's like why why And like there's some just like messed up things like just visually kind of disturbing. He's like, that was unnecessary. That was unnecessary. All of it was unnecessary. (laughs) unnecessary." And I'm like, oh, my God. And he's like, we're never seeing a movie Heather chooses ever again.
0: (laughs) That's so funny because that's exactly what Phil says to Christy.
1: (laughs) But I don't care. I'm still going to see more movies by him because I really like that director.
0: My sister and I saw the movie Mother a couple of days ago. After we were like, hey, we should watch Mother because we like disturbing movies. Can the one
1: with um, Jennifer
0: Lawrence. Yeah.
1: yeah. Was it good?
0: It was pretty good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't fantastic. Um, but it was pretty good. Okay. It, was, it was very interesting. Very well made. Um, but it was the guy who did Black Swan and um,
1: I want to rewatch Black Swan. <sighs>
0: what the fuck is that one movie that he did? black swan and requiem for a dream Mm. so he's very like you know like everything's very like kind of fucked up but
1: the one movie that's really stuck with me for some reason i think about randomly is that one uh that we watched it was it wasn't euphoria you and i No, that one where it was like they were oh climax climax yeah at least he didn't say orgasm (laughs) orgasm (laughs) Did I say orgasm last you time?
0: You did. Oh, God. You were trying to remember the name of it last time, and you're like, "That movie orgasm." I'm like, "No."
1: That one, I, I kind of like that one. It's like yeah, I it, it was because it stuck unique. with
0: me. Yeah, I love movies that stick with you.
1: Um, but I forgot what else we were talking about. So there we go. Yeah. What did you do besides get engaged? I got engaged.
0: And I got engaged up in Idaho on like the lake. Where I spent a lot of summers growing up, so it was really sweet. Um, John was super nervous. He was so painfully awkward, and oh, I, I it. knew he, it was coming, and I was just like, I was like dying on the inside because, like, John, you are being so fucking awkward right now. It is so cute, but also I am cringing. Please hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great. I love it. I hope he listens to this.
1: I hope I'm so, sorry, too. John.
0: Um, but yeah, it was real cute, and. Everyone, took, my whole family was there, so everyone like took pictures. It was really sweet. I'm excited. That's now funny. I have to plan a wedding, and I don't want to spend all this money. And I've got
1: you. I've got
0: both me, me and Joy, me Joy are health, like I've got
1: you because
0: we're both like planning weddings well, now. Joy is gonna get married relatively soon,
1: like less than four months. That's awesome. Yeah, it's
0: exciting. Uh,
1: I just wanted to be over. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be here already. I'm done this this planning shit. So
0: yeah. So let me think about anything else. I'm super thirsty right now. My blood sugar must be pretty high.
1: I saw it light up.
0: Oh, fuck. Did you really? My pump.
1: No! (laughs) No, it's so high! So we need to get uh, Heather some water. Uh, Nothing else really exciting happened. I love my clients, and now I have less drama with coworkers. And it's great. There we go. Um, And then I love my life now, and Isaiah only slightly smells. And (laughs) I get dogs soon. And that's it. Isaiah's the booziest shit. He fucking made us buy a water pump fucking dog water bowl. So it has a charcoal filter, and it's constantly <laughs> a fucking fountain. It's
0: nicer water than even you guys yeah. drink. Yeah. So
1: anyways, <laughs> there you go. That's adorable. Thank you guys for tuning in another week, and there you go. Bye. Bye.